Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Sports fans, good morning and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. You are in the gymnasium on this Saturday, July the 9th. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July weekend. We're going to be talking about the Rays on the field this past week, Wimbledon tennis, and some golf. Number here is 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com gets you onto the show. We'll be right back to keep it going on Power 90.1. Formaggio's Pizzeria, your favorite neighborhood pizzeria. Serving up. The best hand-tossed New York-style pizza and absolutely unbeaten Philly cheesesteak outside of New York or Philly. Let Formaggio's take care of dinner tonight with convenient online ordering at formaggio's.com or call their friendly staff at 813-689-1744. That's 813-689-1744. Formaggio's is family-owned and operated. Located at 4356 Lithia Pinecrest Road. Tell them Power 90.1 sent you and get 10% off your carryout order. Check out the full menu at Formaggio's. F-O-R-M-A-G-G-I-O-S.com. Formaggio's Pizzeria. It's what's cooking for dinner. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back to the gymnasium, sports fans. Last week on the show, I was not happy with the Rays and some feedback from uh, the fans felt the same way. But this past week, in typical Rays fashion, they righted the ship, if you will, and they won five out of six games. They, uh, took three from Toronto, three out of five after losing the first two last weekend. And then they continued to um, you know, take two out of three from Boston this week. The Red Sox up there in Fenway, nonetheless. Tough series this weekend against the Reds. And then we'll play Boston again four times um, home here and then Baltimore as well. So we've been on the road for uh, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, Going to be 12 games coming up. So it'll be nice to get back to the friendly confines of the Tropicana Field. Can't believe I'm saying that, but it will be nice to get back home here. Anyway, uh, after last week, it seems as though the Rays, whether it was getting Franco back in the lineup, uh, whether it was just getting some type of continuity out there, they seem to be able to go out. And like I said, they took three games from uh, Toronto. They, they won on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. They scored six runs, 11 runs, and another seven runs uh, in that series. Um, so and then eight and seven against uh, Boston. So the bats woke up, as always, for the most part this year. Our starting pitching has been very strong for the Rays. So if you look at what we're doing in that category, you can't really complain about the starters. The issue has been for the last um, you know several weeks or a month or so, if you want, is the dormancy of the bats. Um, we woke up a little bit this past week. Uh, Yandy Diaz seems to be on fire. Um, Rosarina is getting some timely hits. Of course, Franco is getting back to his old self. Uh, Ramirez. Um, Wallace had a nice RBI the other night. So when you talk about not having Brandon Lowe in the lineup right now, when you talk about um, not having Margot for the rest of the season, we have no choice but to really get the bats going. And some people that you know typically may not be counted on are definitely going to have to step up and you know take the place of these guys because 
you know, like I said, the Rays are going to go as far this season as their bats take them. Other years, it was you no know, some pitching issues possibly out of the starters. But when you have when you have McClanahan, uh, when you have uh, Kluber out there, Rasmussen. Uh, McClanahan, he's definitely an all-star pitcher. I mean, he's 9-3 and three right now. He's having a great year. There's no one uh, really can touch him when he's on right now in either league, whether it be the National or the American League. Like I said, Rasmussen springs out there, is doing a, you know, he's doing a decent job. Um, we just need to get some more consistency. So if you look at the starting pitchers that we have, uh, for example, if the playoffs were to start, the the rotation would probably be McClanahan, Rasmussen, Kluber, and you know maybe Springs. So um, those four pitchers, they may not be aside from uh, McClanahan setting the the league on fire, or setting fear in the eyes of the competitors that they're facing. But it's a very solid pitching lineup. Those four. I think that as we get further in the season, though, we're gonna have to rely on the pitchers throwing uh, oh, a solid six innings. If you look across the board, I know I, I say about the Rays all the time with the pitching staff that uh, the starters aren't, aren't there. They're getting pulled after the second time around the lineup, uh, maybe by the fifth inning. It, it's not just the Rays. It's all across baseball. I mean, the start the, the starters are pitching less all, all throughout baseball. I mean, they're down by about 10 pitches from what it used to be. They're, they're like 84, 83 pitches is the average right now. What used to be going a strong six innings, maybe into the seventh. Now, if they're pitching five innings, um, it's good. It's a quality start, and then you're going to be lying on the bullpen from there. Uh, again, I do have a, I do have some issues with that. That's a, probably a conversation for another show. But when we have the pitchers out there, if we can get through the lineup twice, because quite honestly, Cash doesn't let them go through the lineup a third time unless then all they definitely have to, and they have no arms left. But um, like I said, the pitchers are going out there for their part, doing a good job. The bats woke up this week, and that was the difference. That that was the difference when you have Diaz out there. Uh, he's batting 295 right now uh, on base percentage 412. Randy has. 79 hits, almost 80 hits. Paredes, 13 home runs. He's been on fire. Um, everyone, when, and again, we talked about momentum. It works both ways, you know, up and down with momentum. And uh, we've had our share of close games that we didn't win. So I'm looking for a close game that we're going to win here over the weekend. And I'd like to see us come back from being you know, down one or two runs and then pull that victory out. That's what this team needs. When they were playing well the past several seasons, that was their trademark. They would come back. They're never out of the game. And they would come back a lot of times late in the ball game, whether it be the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. A lot of walk-off hits and a lot of uh, you know, great times on those teams. And that's what really builds the character for a team. So again, without Brandon Lowe being around... Uh, um, we're going to re- have to re- rely on people like G-Man Choi, who's really having a great year right now. He's batting 283, uh, seven home runs. I love having him at the plate when we definitely need to put the ball in play and, and get on base. Kiermaier's back now. He's helped the last week. Uh, his presence out there, I believe, is a little bit of a steadying 
um, force. I know after that first game, he was back. He had a bad error that you know cost us some runs. But when he's out there, for the most part, um, you know that he's in charge of the outfield, and he really adds to the I think um, mentality of this team that's not going to give up, come back from some injuries like uh, many players do. On the defensive side, you know, Taylor Walls, I saw him make some great plays this week in the in the Boston series. Um, I like what I'm seeing. They're uh, platooning Pinto and um, Mejia in the catching position there. Um, the problem, the only issue that I see right now is we have to get some production out of the bottom part of our lineup. Um, you know, you, you can't have uh, Taylor Walls batting 165. Um, you know, you can't have Brett Phillips at 148, Bruhan at 167, Josh Lowe at 179. Uh, those are the guys that are going to have to step up for us to be able to get more consistent and go deeper into the season. Like I said last week, and I'm going to stick with it, as of right now, I really think that there'll be four teams from the American League East in the playoffs this year. Uh, as you know, they take the th um, four division winners and then three wild cards. So I really think that you're going to have, obviously, the Yankees. They're running away with everything. So barring any type of unforeseen circumstances with them, you're going to have them. And then um, you're going to have the... Uh, Rays, Toronto, and probably Boston as the um, other wild card teams. Right now, we're in their first wild card position, which we couldn't say last week at this time. So, like I said, it was a good week, and I think that uh, if we can get past the series here with Cincy and then um, get ready for Boston again, we seem to be able to um, play them pretty well. The one thing that stands out that I, I really think that helps this team is that when you look, when the Rays go on the road, what do you see? The thing that stands out in my mind is that you see a lot of fans in the stands cheering their team on. When I was watching the Boston series the last couple days, you know what I noticed? I noticed 30,000 fans. There were 36,000 fans on Monday. So you say, well, that was July 4th, everyone's home, people will go out. Well, there's 35,000 uh, in Toronto you know, on the day before that. 31,000 for Tuesday's game against Boston. Wednesday's game, 33,000. You look at the Toronto series, 44,000. 24,000. So there's a big difference when the Rays are on the road, unfortunately, than what they get in attendance when they're home, which is something that we as a fan base definitely have to work with. And I don't care what the players may say. It doesn't affect them as much, whatever. They want the fans behind them. They want the fans cheering. They need the fans cheering. You know, when you get into a little bit of a lull, which happens every season uh, for maybe a week, two weeks at a time, whatever it may be, the fans need to pull the team through. So, um, I think that maybe as a whole, uh, very knowledgeable sports fans for the Rays, we just need to get out there to the stadium and support them. So I look forward to a good weekend, like I said, against Cincinnati. And then um, we will be home for Boston and Baltimore. So looking forward to that. Your feedback, 877 448 
7901. Let me know what you think of the pitching rotation and are you happy what you're seeing on the defensive side of the ball. We'll be right back to keep the show going and power 90.1. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at the Property shopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Before we switch gears, I want to talk a little bit about the All-Star Game that's going to be coming up July 19th in Los Angeles. It's not too early to uh, get an idea of who should be on the team in the American League. Do you think any race players should be on that team? I'm going to say McClanahan without a doubt. Um, you know, he should be the starting pitcher in any other year. Unfortunately, when you have Justin Verlander out there, 11 wins already with a 2.0 ERA, I'm sure with the comeback story that he is, he will get the start. But um, McClanahan has many years ahead of him. And uh, like I said, any other year, he should be out there starting. I think as far as uh, a couple other positions there, you want to look at a catcher, you're going to probably have uh, Kirk out of Toronto, the catcher. Uh, first base, uh, I would say Vladimir Guerrero. Um, maybe Arias, but I would think Guerrero is going to be the first baseman. Second base, uh Unfortunately, Altuve, I would think, is going to be the second baseman. Third base would be Ramirez of the Guardians or Devers of Boston. One of those two. You can't go wrong with either of them. Shortstop, no doubt, is going to be uh, Bogarts of Boston. I think that you know he's, he's as solid as they come in that position. In the outfield, you have to go with Judge, um, Trout, as definitely two of the starters. The third one... Uh, you can go with Alvarez, you can go with Rodriguez, you can go with Buxton, I guess, as well. But definitely those two out of the three. The DH, um, uh, if you don't have them starting, then Alvarez would be the DH, I suppose. Uh, anyway, it's a little bit early, a couple weeks left for that. And I think that is is interesting when you talk about the Rays, again, not really having representation in the All-Star game, but still being in second place, as we speak, in that American League East. And, you know, really, if you take away the season that the Yankees are having, um, you know, they're, they're doing just as well as is um, no, any other team in the American League, for that matter. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. So we're going to switch gears a little bit and move on to some tennis. If you guys watching any Wimbledon the last couple of weeks? I'll tell you why. It's, it's getting more and more interesting as the tournament progresses. Uh, you have Djokovic, who, of course, was favored, and Adele was... Uh, a close second. If it's on clay, Nadal's going to be favored. 
any other surface, Djokovic is going to be favored. Don't forget, they didn't let Medvedev from uh, Russia play, so he's not in the mix, which we talked about last week being a tragedy that he wasn't in the uh, in the mix there. And then along those same lines, for different reasons, Djokovic isn't going to be allowed to play in the U.S. Open unless he goes out there and gets vaccinated. So, um, you know, we're going to be hitting on that future shows, but I think that's something that really needs to be addressed. Last time I looked, um, the U.S. Open is played outside. I don't know what a vaccination would do to help alleviate anything in those situations. Again, I, I guess it's in New York and things are a little bit different up there than uh, they should be. Thank God we're down here in Florida. But uh, so Djokovic is going to be um, playing uh, Kyrgios in the final tomorrow morning and on the men's side. And Kyrgios, if you've watched him, I'll tell you what, I never really paid any attention to his game. Usually you see him because of his antics. He's out there, he's talking. You don't know if he's talking to himself, talking to the other player that's on the other side of the net, talking to his you know, uh, fans or family in the stands. You never know. I mean, he's out there and he's always uh, got something to say to someone. He gets to a point sometimes, gives up on a, on a set, and, and what he does, he starts serving underhand in situations. So uh, Nadell had to withdraw from the tournament after his... Um, quarterfinal victory because of a um, abdominal strain, abdominal tear, whatever it might have been. So um, I guess they call it a, a pass, pass by or pass through. So um, for whatever reason, now you're going to have Kyrgios in the final playing Djokovic. I think that if you look at that matchup, on paper, Djokovic should win, but you never know when you uh, are in that final game and you're playing someone who has some he's some uh, mad skills, this Kyrgios guy. Uh, he's uh, from Australia, and he's going to be nervous as, as anything being out there in his first Wimbledon final, but I think that um, playing against Djokovic, it'll be a good test of, of his physical skills as well. And you never know if Djokovic will get rattled. He's been known to... Uh, you know, come unglued sometimes if things aren't going his way in certain situations. So if you look at the match between Kyrgios and Sissipas, I think that uh, when Kyrgios started uh, maybe trying to hit the opponent there, if he tries that nonsense with Djokovic, things could get interesting pretty quickly, and who knows where it would go from there. But I think that... Um, it should be a good match to watch if you like tennis. I think you'll be uh, uh, eagerly awaiting that one. Anj Jabor and Elena Rabakina will be uh, uh, in the women's final. I believe it's going on as we speak. Uh, I think Jabor is favorite to win that one. Um, you never know. There's been some good tennis all the way through. Uh, Serena Williams lost early on. Um, so I think that if, you, uh, if you're a tennis fan, this is what you look forward to. And again, we'll be talking more about the U.S. Open coming up in New York a little bit later on this year and uh, who's going to be playing there and who's not going to be playing there. 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com gets you into the show. We're going to read an email in the next segment. We'll be right back to keep the show going on Power 90.1. 
Are you in bad pain? You know what I mean. Your knees hurt. Your shoulder hurts. Your elbow and back are constantly killing you. And I'm sure you've tried every pain pill or cream available at the drugstore. Am I right? Well, here's something you haven't tried. Pain Magic. Pain Magic is not available at any drugstore. The only place you can get it is by calling the special toll-free number I'm about to give you. And to make things even better, call right now and find out about our buy one, get one free offer. We're so confident it'll work for you that we offer a free bottle with your purchase. No prescription required. Call now to learn how you can get pain magic and get rid of your pain. Remember, your results may vary. 800-223-7902. 800-223-7902. That's 800-223-7902. Now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Sports fans, welcome back. Talking some golf this week. We have the Scottish Open. And as a uh, precursor to next week's The Open, the British Open uh, on St. Andrew, the granddaddy of them all in some people's minds. Uh, right now we have um, Tringali, Cameron Tringali's leading, um, I believe, three-shot lead over Fitzpatrick and um, uh, Shoffley, Xander Shoffley. So they're tied at three under. I believe that if you look at... Um, Weather conditions over there, it's just a precursor as to what's going to happen next week there at the Open. Um, as far as the golf goes, last week they had the John Deere. You saw who's uh, some of the names or lack of names that were there uh, this week. The Scottish, a lot of people are there getting ready to play. Um, Tiger played in a Pro-Am uh, if you're wondering how he did, uh, 74 and 77, last two scores, not all that well. Uh, it was interesting for me when I heard him say the reason he didn't play at the U.S. Open was that he physically um, was unable to. And he didn't want to jeopardize his chances to be able to play you know, this week in the, um, in the British Open. So... Uh, his, his leg was bothering him after the last tournament and he just couldn't go out there and, and like I said, physically do it. So uh, his game right now, if, if you've watched the last, the last week, times he looks like Tiger, other times he uh, you know, looks un-Tiger-ish if you want. So uh, he's going to stay out there and practice the next couple of days, he said, and then head over to the course. And, you know... The, the question is, should Tiger be playing right now, um, risking uh, his back, his leg, uh, everything that he had issues with, uh, just to be able to go out there and you know win another major? He has 14, I believe. He's trying to chase Jack, and I don't think that you're going to see him playing much more. Now, I can get this one. This is his best chance, in my opinion, to win a major. Uh, the way the course is laid out, it's, it's flat, and he can get some good roll on some of his shots with the driver if he's, if he's hitting it well. And so I, I do think that everything comes into play. The cards are right for him to play this coming week. So I would love to hear your thoughts, and if you think he's going to be able to uh, go out there and uh, what's he going to do? Is he going to play two rounds and miss the cut? Is he going to play all four rounds and uh, be right there in the running? This may be the last time he plays out there because it's not in the uh, in the um, 
the pairing there, whatever you want to call it, for uh, the next Open out there, the British Open. So it's not in the running that course. So this may be his best chance to be able to go out there and win. We have an email from Scott and Sefner saying, how do you feel about Tiger historic return to go to St. Andrews trying to win one, one more one more um, major should he be worried about going out there with all his health benef- health issues or do you think he'll be able to go out there and play like the Tiger of old well, that's a great email uh, I, I do think that you're going to see some moments of brilliance with Tiger out there he knows how to play the course obviously has done well there uh, he's also had some bad rounds it depends on the weather if the weather is you know not as nice as it usually is in other events and it won't be by the way um, his back could easily tighten up his leg could tighten up and he doesn't typically play too well in those conditions but then again everyone else will have those same conditions so I think that if you look at it that way Tiger again has well, one of the better chances to go out there and compete and to win. Uh, If you look at how he looked when he first came back, people thought he'd never play again or for that matter even walk again, but he always defies the odds and no one knows what he's going to be like when he gets out there. If it comes down to a mental part of it, I think he'll do great if he's able to go out there and physically be able to get around and play at that championship level. Then he may have a, a chance for us to watch him um, that Sunday and in, in the finals. And again, the times there, I know the, um, the tea times Thursday and Friday, I think, start at 1 a.m. in the morning. So a little hard to watch, stay up or get up and try to watch it that way. But um, I, I don't think, if I had to pick right now, I don't think Tiger is... Um, going to compete. I think he'll make the cut and I just don't think that uh, he's going to be there at the end due to some of the uh, limitations that he has. I believe you do have people like Dustin Johnson that are going to be out there playing. I think you're going to have Rory McIlroy out there playing. Um, You're going to have a lot of people that are out there playing on the... um, LIV tour that are going to come over here and play, I believe. Uh, that's a whole other topic of conversation with the LIV. You look at some of the money that's being made by the players in the 48-man field over there, wondering how the changes are going to take place when they add more people. I heard Paul Casey made the jump from the PGA um, over to the LIV. If you look at some of the amenities that this uh, tour is providing the players, there's a they, I saw a video of a plane, a jet with all of them you know, going over there to play. It's you know, unbelievable uh, what they have set up for the players on these planes. And um, it's like a banquet room and first class all the way. So the LIV is not sparing any um, financial uh, input when it comes to Uh, getting the players to play over there. They're paying them well. I mean, you had Pat Perez that made the jump last week. I think he finished um, 28th in the field, but because his team won, um, the team that he was on, they split $3 million. So that coupled with his hundred and I think, 28000 he made almost $900,000 finishing shooting an 80 on the last day. So I, I think that when they're paying people for appearances, 
you may see some some other people jump ship and go over there. You have McElroy backtracking a little bit right now, saying that the PGA needs to talk with the DP and try to work something out. And um, you know, quite honestly, people don't know what to think if if people are being honest. The ones that have gone over to that tour, they're saying that yeah, I mean, they're doing it for the. Um, a future, the financial future of themselves and their family, which, you know, no one can hold that against them if that's what they're doing. And the people that don't want to go, um, you know, there's good reasons in their mind why they don't want to go and why they should stay with the PGA. I think the PGA does need to make some uh, adjustments. I think they're starting to, whether it be the increase in purse sizes, um, whether it be paying um, some appearance fees, making some other adjustments that you're going to see. And uh, my hope is that when everything's all said and done and the dust settles, that the players will be able to play where they want to in the tournaments that they want to and that everyone's okay with that. I, I, I don't think that the PGA is uh, correct in saying if you play over there, you cannot play on this tour. I don't think that that's the way it should be. Uh, again, I'm just talking from a fan spectator um, side of it. I think that as a independent contractor, which I believe most of them are, they should be able to play where they want to and, um, and vice versa. You don't hear the LIV saying you can't play other places. So I think that's going to work against the PGA, but I am hopeful that in the long run, all the sides can come together and um, figure something out that is equitable and fair to the players, but as well as the fans, because the fans are what make this game. If you are a Dustin Johnson fan, you know what? You're going to follow the LIV. If you like Phil Mickelson, you're going to follow the LIV. If you like Rory McIlroy, you're going to follow the PGA. Um, the issue is, is that with so few tournaments on the schedule for the LIV, you may not get a chance to see some of your favorite players. And when it starts hurting the PGA at some of these tournament, at some of these, you know, other tournaments throughout the season, and the attendance is low because the players just aren't there to show up to play, we're going to see what happens at that point. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, JimmyBSports.com 877-448-7901 Other things in the sports you know we have the NBA there are some trades uh, trade talk with Durant and the Nets that we talked about last week Uh, a lot of things going on the NHL draft was um, uh, this past week I think the Lightning had the last pick in the first round um a lot of things going on in the sports world that we're going to be touching on more in the upcoming weeks. But um, I think for right now, that's all the time that we have. Hope everyone has a good weekend. As always, stay vigilant, stay safe. Above all, stay positive. Let me know what you think about the raised chances here uh, in the second half of the season. Who should be on the all-star team? Who shouldn't be? And let me know who your favorite race player is. You've been in the gymnasium. We'll talk to you next week in the Jimmy B Sports Show. 